we have so much to be thankful for. I'm not sure that we would have enough time in the space that we have to actually give an opportunity for everyone to express their gratitude for how you have provided, how you have been faithful time and time again when we have been faithless, how you have cared for us when we have not cared for you, how you have loved us when we have been so unloving. God, allow this time not just to be time just to, to sing to you, but that it would be time to glorify you, that it would be much more than just words, that it would be heartfelt thanks, that we would have you before us and not just our minds on ourselves. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people that you have put here in this space for such a time as this. We lift all this up to you because of Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have a seat. Good morning, Tara. Good morning. morning. So my name is Tori. I'm one of the pastors here. And I want you to know that usually every Sunday we're going through a book of the Bible. We just finished the book of Ruth and we go verse by verse and we, and we, we preach the word that way. But that's not what's going to happen this morning. This is more of a, a short devotional, getting our, our hearts ready uh, to be thankful to the Lord. And so... Don't overthink this question. What do we do, what do we eat at Thanksgiving? What's the main, the main course? It's a turkey, oh, pie, yeah. Someone said pie. It's a turkey, yes. Some of you, it might be ham, that might be the smarter decision. I personally think it tastes better, but we do the turkey, we do the turkey. But still, everybody knows the best part of Thanksgiving meal, the best food there is the sweet potato casserole. I'm, I'm glad we're all still, we're still on that. Two, at least three years in a row, Still, still definitely the best, the best answer. But let's get back to the turkey for a second. So the typical turkey that we buy is going to be between 12 to 20 pounds, feeds about 15 or so people. Just so you're aware, the record for the biggest turkey ever was in 1989. It was a monster named Tyson, 86-pound turkey. I don't know how many people that thing fed. But our turkey, <laughs> some of you are like, our turkey is closer to 20-ish pounds. And it's usually enough food to feed everybody who's there and leftovers the next day. You make soup out of it or you just, it's, it's wonderful. Okay, turkey. Now, I'm going to talk about the Mosaic Covenant. And then I'll show you where the tie is here for a second, okay? In the Mosaic Covenant, the commands and the laws that God gave to the Israelites to know him and to represent him to the nations, they were not commanded to eat a turkey every year. However, as part of the sacrificial system that they were told to to do, it did involve eating, okay? They were to sacrifice bulls, goats, lambs, birds if the people couldn't afford that. And the main reason for these sacrifices of these animals had to do with dealing with their sin. God was teaching the Israelites over and over and over again through these sacrifices that in order to approach God, there had to be blood from an unblemished substitute. Over and over and over again, they were seeing, not just hearing, seeing with their eyes an innocent animal killed for them. Every time it gave them the opportunity to remember that the animal didn't deserve that, I do. My sins deserve death. And they brought the, un, the blood of unblemished substitutes to be sacrificed for them. This animal died so that I could live. However, when we get through Advent, starting in January, we're going to start the book of Hebrews. And one of, the, one of the, the themes that we're going to see in Hebrews again and again is what those sacrifices were pointing towards. That it was never the blood of bulls or of goats or of rams that forgave the people of God, that brought entrance into a relationship with God. It was pointing forward to the substitute, 
the unblemished, spotless, perfect substitute, Jesus Christ, that purchased with his blood our freedom, our redemption, forgiveness, and healing. It was Jesus. It was pointing forward to Jesus. So most of the sacrifices had to do with with sins in the sacrificial system. However, not all of them did. There was one called the fellowship offering, also known as, ready for this, the thanksgiving offering, which involved eating. In this thanksgiving offering or fellowship offering, it was a voluntary way for an Israelite or Israelite family to bring an offering to the priest to be sacrificed. And what would happen is they would sit down and they would eat together. And there'd be so much food that they couldn't do it by themselves. They had to invite other people to come and to participate and to hear about why they were thankful. And they could do it whenever they wanted. So I'm going to read to you a quote by Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. According to Leviticus, the thankful Israelite was required to eat all of the sacrifice. So if it was a lamb, usually about 100 plus pounds of that lamb by the end of the day, and all of the, the bread, don't worry, there was bread as well, 35 loaves of it, and they had to eat all of it before the day ended. So you're probably asking, how could they eat all of that food? And the answer is, as I said before, they would invite people. They would invite friends. They'd invite fellow Israelites, neighbors. Oftentimes, people they didn't know because they have all this food that they have to eat. And so they need help to do so. And you can imagine, as the people are coming that are, that are invited and told, you come join us, we have this. As they're sitting down and they're eating, they, they ask the person, they ask the family, why? Like, what are you thankful for? And that person, that family gets to talk about the reasons that they were thankful to the Lord. It's part of the the sacrificial system that they had, this thanksgiving offering. Do you know that when we thank God, we glorify God? When we thank God, it's good for us, for our souls. There's a reason he tells us, not just sometimes, but actually to be continually thankful. Some of the verses we heard read in the call to worship. It's good for us, for our own health. And it's also encouraging, builds up those around us when we're thankful and when we express our thankfulness. So I would love to get out of the way. We've asked this question the last two weeks in our announcements of be thinking of ways in which you are thankful to the Lord in the season of your life and to simply come up. I'm going to put the microphone over here. I'll just hand it to the first person. But if you'd like to come up and share how in this season of your life, just some things that you are grateful for to the Lord, um, we're going to have the first three or so-ish people uh, to come up. We'll see how this goes. Would anyone like to come up and share? The first person's always the hardest. KP, KP. Run faster, you can make. Okay, that works. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> With him talking about all that food, it gives new definition to the egg, Friendsgiving, clean plate club. <laughs> so my name's Kyle Palmer. I also go by KP amongst the friends here, but there's a lot of things that I am thankful for, but I have to keep it short, I know, but First and foremost, I want to be thankful for my family, my friends, and the men and women in in the uniform. But one thing I'm truly thankful for is the fact that I'm able to come here every Sunday and worship in such a place as this because the church I'm truly thankful for. It's been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. And even when I moved and things like that, there was always a church available. Even if I didn't attend, I knew that it was there if I wanted to. But I'm thankful as well for my friends in the YAG. Uh, I first met Tori at Night to Shine in 2019. And immediately he welcomed me into the church and part of the YAG group, even though I wasn't really a member. But at times I felt like the church wasn't right for me. And I would come back now and then, but I'd attend events with these guys. And it was hard for me because I wanted to be a part of this church, but it just didn't sit right. But when I moved out on my own, my parents subtly told me, you know, Kyle, go to Tara. Just go to Tara. You got to branch out on your own. Be your own person. Well, I came back and you guys were talking management about the new church building, this, that, the other thing. I'm thinking, this is the wrong place for me. I came at the wrong Sunday. <laughs> 
But something just willed me to come back. And I came back, and I was welcomed again. And it just kept willing me to come back, just telling me, Kyle, go, just go. Finally, there was one Sunday, and I'm standing right over there after receiving communion, and I'm listening to the music, and I'm praying for the week to come. And all of a sudden, you know, just a chill came over me. An absolute chill came over me, and I finally found a place I can call my home amongst all of you, and I'm thankful for that. But above all, I'm thankful for my faith in Christ, that he never wavered from me, and that I was able to find a place here amongst all of you, because you are truly a family that I don't deserve, but I am thankful that all of you are part of my life. I got to fix this. I'm not counting against my time either. <laughs> I'm, I'm so thankful for, for Tara, for the family um, that, that you are um, to me, to, to Erica and I, uh, to our family, uh, for the brothers and sisters that um, are interwoven into our, into our lives that have, um, have just, they're, you're, you're part of who we are, part of our life. Um, we, we, we moved here, um, I guess eight, almost eight years ago now, and we were totally uprooted, and we are surrounded by roots of so many brothers and sisters, so, so different from us, um, but loving Christ and so vital to nourish us. Um, I'm thankful for the way men's retreats happen at Terra, how I have this beautiful resource of a broad swath of time to have deep conversations with men that I didn't know very well and then become so closely intertwined with. Uh, this is a, a huge gift to my spiritual development and blesses our, our marriage and, and Erica just in the, the way that I get that support. I get to know people so deeply. I know who to ask questions to. Um, know who to get, get prayer, know who to reach out to prayer for. I'm so thankful for the people in our tribe. Um, but my, my big story that I want to, I want to talk about today, um, is a long arc of God's faithfulness. There'll be some of you today that can't relate at all to what I'm about to tell you. Um, but what I want you to take away is that God is faithful and he leads his people perfectly, completely. It was 2014. Erica and I had been married for three years. Um, we had, um, been trying to conceive for long enough that we had sought medical help. The doctor said, everything's fine. Just move forward with all his interventions. And the Lord said, wait. The Lord said, just wait. And, and that's where we were in this really uncomfortable spot of desiring children and having none, um, thinking we could control something. But also the Lord is saying, don't. And um, five, we were in that season of five, for five years of having this desire and God just holding the brakes on us. Um, and we knew that he was good and he was sovereign. And, um, as time came through, um, he filled our home with children and with laughter and that is his work and it is delightful and our hearts rejoice. And, um, so I want to share that faithfulness specifically in that case, if you can relate and just broadly, God is faithful and he's good. He wants to fulfill the desires of our hearts. All right. Would anyone else like to come up and share how they've been thankful to the Lord recently in their season? Okay. So I'd like to gauge just for a second here. If you, the last two weeks or leading up to today, if you were, if you were hoping to come up and to share some ways that you're thankful to the Lord, could you just put your hand up for me if you were planning on doing that? Okay. So... We're going we're gonna to move on with the service and sing a few more songs, um, and then we'll get to the, the, the teaser for Advent and do a little more sharing. All right, so we were, uh, we're just going to do one song as a transition, and um, it's just going to be me and Nancy up here, but uh, I'm sure you know this song. It's uh, a classic hymn that has been done for ages, but um, there's a couple of new verses in there um, that were written by John Piper. I, I don't know. He's, he's kind of sketchy in some ways, but no, just curious. Uh, 
So Piper wrote a couple of songs that real uh, a couple of verses to this. So we're going to do those extra verses. So you might feel like, oh, I don't know those verses. It's okay. You can still sing them. They make sense. Um, so let's stand uh, and let's still uh, let's continue in, in song and worship. thy faithfulness O God my Father there is no shadow of turning with thee thou changest not thy compassions they fail not as thou hast been thou Faithfulness 
Let's pray. Father, you are so good to us, so faithful, so giving, when we're thankful and when we're not. And Lord, I pray for any of us who walked in here this morning unthankful, that Lord, you would speak, you would encounter each one of us. Help us to see how every good gift is from you. Every good thing in our life. The air in our lungs like we sang about. The colors that we get to see. The hobbies we get to enjoy. The relationships that we have and those that we're going to make in the future that we get to look forward to. For this place we get to come freely. To be able to sing to you and to hear from you to do it together. And so, Lord, I pray if anyone came in unthankful, help us leave as thankful people and to share that thankfulness, Lord. I know so many of us are thinking of the ways that we're grateful, and I pray you give us, help us to, to share that, to share that with those around us, to share that with our family, our friends, our coworkers, at tribe, Help us do that. Help us do that consistently, not just once a year, but even daily. I pray this in your name, Jesus' name. Amen. So I am going to give you not really an intro to Advent, because that's next week. We're going to have a whole intro to Advent with my face up there, because I'm going to be in Kansas City, just so you know, uh, celebrating Thanksgiving with, with Anna's family. Um, but it's going to be an introduction to what Advent is going to be about this year. A spoiler, it's about Jesus, but we're taking a little bit of a different route this year. So instead of an intro to Advent, I'm really just giving you a teaser to get, to get ready, to get our hearts ready, and to be, thinking about, to be thinking about Advent. So for this year for Advent, we're going to be doing what's called Christophanies. Christophanies are appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament. And it's really a fascinating topic. I've learned quite a bit studying this leading up to Advent this year. And there's a lot of examples of Christophanies, appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament. Some of which are universally accepted within, within Christianity. Others that are debated. <laughs> um, but we know that, God, that Christ was active, that he was with his people before the Incarnation. There's, if you want one indisputable example of that, look at John chapter 12, in which John will talk about how Isaiah, who Isaiah saw seated on God's throne with his robe filling the temple and the seraphim, these angelic beings, crying out, holy, holy, holy. John says that was Jesus, 700-something years before the incarnation. Jesus is God. He's eternal. He's always existed, way before and way after the incarnation. And so we know that. The incarnation was not day one for Jesus. He's not created like some cults will teach us. He's not. He's eternal. And so we're going to look at some Christophanies. Examples when Jesus, and catch this, temporarily, momentarily, took the form of a man in the Old Testament at pivotal points 
in time for his people. I'm going to say that again. When Christ temporarily, momentarily, took the form of a man in the Old Testament at pivotal points in time for his people. And those examples were leading up in anticipation to the time where Jesus would incarnate, the incarnation, Christmas Day, whatever day that was, where he took on flesh, where he took on human nature, not momentarily, not at a certain point in time, but permanently. Catch the distinction. So, Christ has always been active, always been working, always been with his people. Eternity past, eternity future, and here and now in the present. He's working in our lives, and he worked in our lives before we could put a name to the face, before we knew who he was, he was active in our lives. He's in the future, we're not, but he is currently working in our lives. And so the second question we wanted you guys to be thinking about leading up to today as we're getting ready for Advent this year is how has Christ been working in your life recently? In this season of your life, the recent past, how has Christ been active in your life? And we gave you a couple questions to think about, to think about that. Um, one way of saying it is, what are the God sightings in your recent past that you'd like to share? If you need a more specific question of that, we just went through the book of Ruth, and you can come up if you'd like to share about how God has been speaking to you through the loving life of Ruth as we went through the book. And so, if anyone would like to come up and share, simply, you don't have to overthink it, right? And there's no pressure if you don't want to, but if you want to share, what are some ways that God has been working in your life recently that you'd like to share with the church? Any brave souls? People? Sarah Shefa. Um... So I am, okay, I am grateful to God for the triumphs of life and the trials of life. <laughs> um, one way recently um, God has been working through me is um, there have been a couple difficult areas of my life that have been occurring and there are moments on my drive to work, I have a 30 minute commute, but it's through a lovely area, so I get to see a lot of um, God's creation through nature, and um, I've had a couple times while on that drive that I've been trying to process everything that's happening, and I'll just feel this overwhelming sense of calm, and I know that's the Holy Spirit just letting me know that even though things are challenging, things will get better, so... God is good. <laughs> that is Jesus active in our lives today. Would anyone else like to come up and share an example? Oh, hi, Sharon. <laughs> I didn't see you. Um. I just wanted to offer some thanks and also encouragement. Uh, this year, I turned 40, and that gave me something that, um, just a little perspective, I guess, because now I've been around long enough um, to have gone through some things for a very long time and also seen um, that things can change after a long time. Um, just for example, um, if you have someone in your life who struggles with an addiction and you pray for them year after year after year and you don't see any change and you don't think that it ever will change, but I, I've seen um, multiple people delivered from addiction after praying for them for at least 10 years. When, um, and, you know, also... Uh, I've been married for 20 years now, and um, 
there are things sometimes that you go through in your marriage that you don't think will ever change and uh, especially if your 10-year anniversary comes around, 15-year anniversary comes around, you're like, well, this is probably just the way this is going to be at this point. But also, um, God can change those things. And um, so I just wanted to encourage anybody who, who might be going through something and, and have been for a long time. Um, this week I read this verse about Jesus where a father brought their their child to his disciples, and the child had um, an affliction that was so disruptive to the whole family life and and dangerous to the child. And um, he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. What Jesus said to him is, is all things are possible if you believe. And um, we don't know that the thing that we pray for is going to happen, but we need to know that it's possible. And it's through God that we can know that it's possible. You know what I'm going to say. So. Hi, I'm Michelle, and God's just been working in my life. Um, sometimes our lives break from our own sin or from other sins against us or our sinful reactions to other sins against us, from our weaknesses like social anxiety or whatever is in our hearts that you know. And um, one day God just told me, Give me all your broken pieces. Just hand them up to me because I'm a father. And you're my child. And I want them. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And I'm thankful for a church that does communion every Sunday. And one day, those words um, that this is my body broken for you. And the idea that Jesus is perfect, and he let his body be broken so we could be mended, and to take our eyes off our own brokenness and just gaze at him, and you'll just be filled with how amazing his love is for each of us. So if it encourages anyone um, today to just, he knows every single broken piece in you, whatever it is, and he's perfect, and he loves us. And he's also a God that uses all things, um, so he can use us to share with others, even if you feel weak. And I think he showed it to me, because when you come up here and you take communion, he even used a basketball floor, because when you walk on the other side, it says, great futures start here. It's just so amazing to me. I'm just so thankful um, that that's who God is. Absolutely, Blake. I was going to say that is such a great segue to communion, but I was going to leave it open because I want. I would. I still. I would. I'm glad you did. No, not at all. I'm glad. I'm going to ask for more after. All right. Good. Yeah. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Blake. Um, so, I don't know if you can relate to this or not. I didn't really plan to take it up here and talk, but um, yeah, I just think that um, for me, I'm, I've been meditating a lot on just the fact that I think life can get really chaotic sometimes, or at least in my experience lately. It can be really chaotic um, and confusing, and I think in the midst of that, my experience, um, my tendency is to kind of distance myself from my relationship with God and, and be really focused on the issues and life and how to navigate things well in my own accord and how to just journey through things as best as possible, um, even through difficult things, through things that are painful. And um, it's been that way for um, a few years. And, and recently, um, I think God, I've, the question is kind of what are the God moments lately? And I think there aren't these big moments for me as much as just these little 
moments where God just kind of like reminds me that he's present, you know? And even in the midst of like really chaotic things and um, uncertain things, God's just there. Um, and he's been showing me that a lot lately. And I'm really excited for Thanksgiving and for um, the Christmas season because there's constant reminders of just his presence and his intentionality that he's in control. Um, and it's not up to me to put all the puzzle pieces together and to um, figure out the pain and figure out the chaos. It's just kind of up to me to sit there and enjoy watching him do that. And if he doesn't, he's still present. Um, and I've been trying to kind of navigate that and um, learn how to, in the midst of everything, still just experience a sense of joy um, in the moment with him. So I wanted to share that to encourage you. Yeah. How are we doing on? All right. Would anyone else like to come up and share? Bernie. Hi. For, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Bernie. Um, and Pastor Tori, you asked what we took away from the lessons from Ruth. And... Um, just the last message on love leaves a legacy, a generational legacy. So I kind of want to start there and work back. I'm, I'm thankful for Tara, and I'm thankful for all of the, the families and young kids that, that we see here. So um, I just want to have a prayer and a blessing over all of you that um, we leave a legacy with our children and our children's children, and they exhibit all those lessons from, Lu- from Ruth. Um, you know, a generous love, um, a prudent love, um, thoughtfulness, and, and all that stuff because there's so much work to do, not only now, but there's going to be work in the future. And, and so my prayer is that the children here at Terra and their children and, and on for every generation until Christ comes back, um, that they're equipped to do his work. All right, what do we think about one more? Yeah, Charlie. And little Charlie. You brought my mini-me up with me. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about God's faithfulness this morning, that long arc and there's a lot of things that I think I could talk about um, from the last couple of years, things that God spared me from, things that God has saved our family from. And um, yeah, really thankful for that. Um, just wanted to share a, a short moment, though, not a, not a picture of God's faithfulness over a long period of time, which we could all go around and talk about those Naomi moments. Um, but the thing I want to share is a moment that happened about a year ago when I was out Christmas shopping and uh, was in this really high-end boutique. It's called Walmart. It's in Latham. Um, and uh, I was just working through the hustle and bustle and busyness of the season and thinking about all the things I had to do and just very like, if you know me, I can be like type A and drive myself crazy and I was just like I'm on a mission I've got to buy this gift for this kid from this angel tree thing that I took and I'm going to do and I'm going to cross it off my list and um, that was the plan and I was going to do it and execute and control it and uh, it was this young boy I think he was like six or seven and I was in the uh, children's section trying to buy an outfit for him and um, I just wasn't even really processing what was happening but I was going to procure an outfit and some toys for a kid whose son was incarcerated and uh, it was just going to be something that I was going to do and feel good about and uh, I just felt in a moment where I was just weaving through sections of clothes and whatever all of a sudden the Lord just hit me with a verse and I hadn't been reading Ezekiel much but um the, the verse about I will take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh just kind of like overwhelmed me and it just 
popped into my head and I went from feeling like, here's something I just have to do because we're all so busy around the holidays, I need to get this thing done, to, oh my gosh, I'm doing a really small thing for a kid who doesn't have a dad because he's in prison and all these things. And I just broke down in the middle of Walmart. I got caught by many people. Just I didn't fall to my knees, but I was like just weeping because I was like, thank you, God, because you just took this like shell and just got rid of it. And I just felt so like I can feel again. And it was almost like, you know, I don't know if it's the Grinch thing or whatever. There's probably a lot of like metaphors, but like I just felt like my heart was back and that had to be God. So like we've talked a lot about God's faithfulness and we're thankful for God's faithfulness, but this is kind of like bring it back to your, your question, Tori, about like just a God moment. It was not me. I was there to get something done and God was there to get something else done. And um, I'm just so thankful for that because I needed that. And uh, so watch out. Um, <laughs> This, uh, this, you know, holiday season, because, you know, the Lord wants your heart, and once He gets a hold of it, uh, yeah, it's a good thing. So, anyway. Yes. All right. So we are going to celebrate communion. Just making sure no one is like running up, because I would let it happen. That's what I would do. Okay. Um, so we're going to celebrate communion in a minute, and to lead into that, I'd just like, I'd like to pray with us again, please. Let's pray. God, you are active in our lives. You are always with us. You promise that. God, we hear a lot of promises in life. We can trust that one. You're with us. And God, when we have our doubts about that, here and now and today and in this holiday season, we can look back to see where you showed us without a shadow of a doubt how much you care about us, how much you want to be with us, and how far you were willing to go so that we can one day be home with you again. So, Lord, as we celebrate communion, help us be grateful. Help us express that gratitude and thankfulness to the glory of your name, honoring you, because it's good for us and that it encourages those around us. And God, thank you for your presence. And I pray that through the messages these next four weeks, but also in the ways that you reach us in our lives, in times we may not expect, how we see again how you're here. God with us. Thank you for the light, the hope you bring into our lives, which can be really dark at times. And for the hope of the future, we pray all this in Jesus' name.